together we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And He's the revelation of the Father, full of grace and of truth. These words maybe have become commonplace to us, and maybe you've seen them uh, as we've been preparing for Christmas, kind of posted all over the place. The Word became flesh. But to hear these words, for those who were, were listening to John's Gospel for the first time, to hear these words that the Word became flesh, that the one of whom we longed for, that the longing for the coming of the Messiah, God himself incarnate, like he, God, has taken on our humanity, was like a scandalous reality, an utter shocking reality. This longing for him, this, the desire for God is written in the human heart. Maybe not everyone will we'll exactly say that they're looking for God directly. But the human heart longs for perfect happiness, perfect love, and perfect fulfillment, and perfect truth. There is always a desire for more. And so this pursuit of the next thing that is going to fulfill me the pursuit, like if I can just do this, if I can just accomplish this, if I can just obtain this, at the heart of that, at the depth of that in the human heart is this longing for God, the only one who can perfectly satisfy our desire for truth and for love and for peace and for happiness. And so to hear that not only God exists, not only that God exists, and brothers and sisters, you're here. Most of you, I presume, believe in God. Maybe not all of us in here believe in God. And there are less people today who believe in him than did not that long ago. It is a growing reality that the, the question, does God even exist, is becoming more widespread. And it is not... Um, an accident, right? It is not a coincidence that there is greater confusion in the world, that there is greater sorrow, that there is greater despair, that there is greater running and grasping at so many things to fill the human heart that do not satisfy because there is the question, is God even real? Is there more to this life? 
And so for us to hear these words that not only God is real, like not only God exists, but he took on our human flesh, and that in him we have the fullness of the glory of God. The first reading we hear from the, the letter to the Hebrews, or the second reading. In the past, God revealed himself in partial and various ways. And that's the history of the, new of the, the Old Testament, right? the Old Covenant, just walking in relationship with God, this gradual revelation. And every revelation from the Lord was one in which the people were in awe, like God is speaking, God is revealing himself. We could go back to the burning bush, where you have Moses, right, who sees the burning bush and he goes up and he is just in awe, in awe at this bush that is burning but is not consumed, that he takes, right, his feet off and, and he, he, he falls to the ground. <laughs> what is going on here? The presence of the Almighty God. And then he, the, the Lord, speaking through the burning bush, tells Moses, go get my people who have been lost, right, in the midst of slavery in Egypt, who are questioning, or even some holding on to real faith, some holding on to a hope that there is God, and some who are questioning that God even really exists. And he says, go to them and go to Pharaoh and tell them, tell Pharaoh to let them go. And so in this, like Moses is like, okay, well, who who do I tell them who you are? Like, what is your name? And what does the Lord say? I am who am. I am who am. I am being itself, God. Go and tell them. And this is just like a hint. It is just a hint of the revelation of who God is. And then there's again this gradual movement as he sets them free. I'm the one who delivers you. I'm the one who sets you free. I'm the one who walks with you through the desert and brings you to the promised land. And then now we have, as they're waiting again, in this period of time where the people of Israel have been conquered. At this moment, they have been conquered. The temple right? They're, they're, they're worshiping in Jerusalem. The temple is soon, soon to be destroyed again, but they have, they have been conquered. They're a conquered people. They have no king. And so in the midst of this, the Lord comes to reveal himself fully. Like the fullness, in the fullness of time, the full revelation of God, that God has come in the flesh. Now, if we were to think the Lord was going to do this, okay, like now's the time. We mentioned at the beginning of Advent that the coming of God in the flesh was an event so tremendous that God willed to prepare for it for centuries, for ages. And so this time is like, okay, now's the time. You see the Father communicating with the Son and the Holy Spirit like, all right, is it time? It's time. Let's go. And then how does the Lord manifest himself? I mean... I'm not the Lord, right? This is clear. But if I was, I think I would do it in a different way than becoming a baby. You know? How about the chariots of fire or something like that come in like, hey, everybody, all right? You were looking for me, and here I am. But the Lord comes hidden like a child. We could ask ourselves the question, why? 
There are many, many reasons for this. But Pope Benedict XVI said this, and I think it's so beautiful. You know, there is, there is a sense of this holy fear of the Lord, which is an awe and reverence of God. It is a gift from the Holy Spirit. But all too often, we have a negative fear of God, this servile fear of Him, that He wants to put His finger down on us and crush us. And so the Lord does not want us to fear Him with this servile fear, but He actually wants us to love Him. So when He's manifesting Himself, knowing that we cannot actually take at once the fullness of His glory, we know even there was just a peak on Mount Tabor at, at the, um, the transfiguration, right? And they're there and they're just like, boom. Peter, James, and John, they just hit the deck like, okay, okay, whoa, what's going on here? Too much for us to handle. So the Lord comes as a little child, Pope Benedict says, because so that we would not be afraid of him. That he's beginning, just the beginning of the fullness of who he is, the beginning of the full revelation. He says, I do not want you to be afraid of me. I always laugh, and I think it's funny, and it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, when angels are like little babies with wings. Like somebody didn't read the Bible, okay? When an angel shows up in the Bible, people are like, oh no, I'm dead. Boom. It's like, hit the ground fear and trembling because the angel is is just radiating a portion of the glory of God and they're like oh no oh no boom and angel's like don't worry you're not gonna die get up I'm not God you know I mean the angel was like so magnificent that they thought it was the Lord like it's okay get up so Lord knowing right the Lord knows this so he's like I'm gonna come as a little child so that you would not be afraid of me and that our hearts would be drawn in love I don't know about you, um, I know in my family, I distinctly remember when the, the, like the, my generation started having children, my, my brothers, my cousins, they started having children, and I'm seeing my uncles and all these people, you know, some of my uncles are just like tough guys and all this, and you know, they don't want to show any feelings whatsoever, and then you like put a baby in their hands, and they're like, making goo goo gaga noises and staring at the baby i'm like who is this man who is this man that is holding this baby it is not my uncle that is not who that is and we all know this experience so this is getting what the lord is seeking to do is to draw us in closely and to allow us to be vulnerable to the fullness of his revelation because yes, to, is to follow God a high call? Does he call us to follow him along a difficult path? It is. Because of our fallen human nature, because of sin, we have this tendency to not want to do what the Lord wants us to do. And so as he's beginning the fullness of his revelation, he's saying, look, look, we'll get to that. But right now, I want you to understand that I love you and I do not want you to be afraid of me. And so whether, again, you are, um, have a belief and a faith in God right now or you're questioning whether he exists or not, I ask you during this Christmas season, which this is just day one of the Christmas season, to meditate on the incarnation. The fact that God desires, like he desires you not to be afraid of him and he desires you to love him. 
that he would manifest himself this way, that our hearts would be opened and softened to the fullness of his revelation. And, and I've been going back and forth of whether I was going to mention this, and it's kind of like part of the homily, not part of the homily, but it's like in my mind, and it's just staying there in the back of my mind, so I'm going to say it. It's fine, okay? Um, Lord, if you want me to say it, great. I'm going to say it out loud. If he doesn't, then you can just humor me, okay? This question of whether God exists or not. Uh, yeah. There's different ways to approach this question, and one of which St. Thomas Aquinas has the five proofs of God's existence. I'm not going to go through all of the five proofs of God's existence. They're philosophical proofs, right? We kind of are on the tail end of this stage of like, if you can't put it under a microscope, I'm not going to believe it's true. Um, we're at, clearly, we're kind of past that. There, there's that portion that's still there, and then there's some portion now like, just because I'm telling you to believe it, you need to believe it, like, because I have a strong emotion around it. It's, a, it's an interesting time that we're in. But this, the philosophical proves, like, by reason, we can prove that there is a God. And here's, here's just the, the simple first one, is causation. If you think of it, like, I'm here because my parents, and then their parents, and then their parents, and then we go back, and then we have just, like, the creation of the world. We go back, we go back, we go back, we go back, and whatever, whether you believe in, you know, the Big Bang or all the things, like, we can go back, but something caused something, and something caused something, and something caused something, and something caused something, and something caused something. But how can that go back to infinity? There has to be something that did not need something else to cause its existence. Because it's impossible to go back in infinity, infinitely, like this thing caused 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 this thing. There has to be something, and we would say someone, who does not need anything to cause his existence. And that is the Lord himself. And so we could go back horizontally, but we could all also go up vertically. Like right now, we're all here because the carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, right, in our bodies and our brains and our hearts is all still connected and working well. And then the atmospheric pressure and the fact that the earth is where it is from the sun and yada, yada. But you can't go back infinitely to like all these molecules or all these things to where there's like, what's the thing that causes the next thing? The Lord. God. So even just by reason, we can say that God exists. There has to be this ultimate being. And so where we say as Christians believe pro profoundly that this Lord who is causing us to exist and everything to exist has revealed himself to us in this way. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And that the only path to the Father is through him. And that we would not be afraid of him again. He came as a little child. So during this Christmas season, let us rejoice and give thanks and pray for the gift of faith. And take quiet, brothers and sisters. Take quiet in your life every day to pray, to meditate on the incarnation. What question are you asking in the depths of your heart right now? Do we even allow ourselves to be aware of it? Because there's one answer to every question. And the Word became flesh 
Lord, where are you in this suffering? God, what is going on? Does my life have meaning? And the word became flesh. And he dwelled among us. And in him, we saw his glory. The glory as of the only son of the father. Full of grace and truth. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.